0: Alexa, remind me to order roses.
1: I just noted hoses in your Amazon cart and sent you some options. Not Alexa, I said roses. Calling Moses Mobile. (sighs) Hey babe, don't forget the kids.
0: I won't. Oh my god. I forgot the kids. Don't forget. I'm mom. Best things first. here everybody great to see you guys my name's tim i am one of the pastors here at liquid if it's your first time welcome uh we are one church we meet in six locations though across new jersey so right now there are people joining us in essex county middlesex somerset mountainside garwood would you welcome our brothers and sisters glad you guys are here hey guys Happy New Year if you're on Facebook Live. Well, to start 2019, we're kind of kicking off this brand new series uh, that we're calling First Things First, and it's all about really setting godly priorities in the new year. I'm um, kind of a chronic to-do list maker. Anybody else? You like to, you know, check off the stuff, and uh, I always get my app open, and here's the things I'm going to accomplish or do this year, or maybe you get post-it notes and you stick them all up, or or I remember old school, like my mom, you know, you tie a little red string, don't forget the bread, or whatever it is. Uh, But what we're going to do today is kind of fun because I'm going to actually tag team this message uh, with one of our campus pastors. And together, we want to help you prioritize what's most important in your relationships, in your family, in your faith, according to God's priorities. Now, the reason we're starting the year with this series is because um, I have a a conviction. I really believe my heart of hearts that God wants 2019... To be your best year ever. Say amen if you believe that. You agree with that? All right. Uh, I think January, uh, obviously people make all sorts of resolutions, right? Like, you know, I'm going to go to the gym and it lasts for, you know, two and a half days. And, uh, you know, or, you know, or I'm going to, you know, cut down on drinking until Friday. Friday, I just need a glass, you know, all that. It kind of goes by the wayside. Um, But the reason people do that is because naturally, January is kind of a, a normal month for kind of a reset and uh, where we kind of kick out some of our bad habits in exchange for new priorities and put first things first. So I want to start with a little poll. I need your participation. I just want to take the temperature spiritually, okay, of our church. Like if you go to the gym, they're going to give you a little fitness test. This, we're a church. We want to encourage spiritual fitness. So um, I want you to think back on 2018, and here's my question. How was 2018 for you spiritually? Like I want you to think about your faith And how kind of it went over the course of 12 months. And and I want you to participate, okay? Raise your hand. If you look back on 2018 and you would say, my faith was on fire for God. Okay? You look at last year and you were like, en fuego. One person in the back. I see the smoke rising up. Okay. Uh, A few of you, that's awesome. Awesome. Okay. You were like, you were dialed in and, and, you know, people were like, oh, man, I see. When I look at Jermaine, I see Jesus. Like, wow. It's kind of coming off. Okay, cool. Um, This one, how about if you're like, well, I wasn't on fire But 2018 was a year of steady growth for me. Like, I I actually, most days, I was in God's Word, uh, reading the Bible, praying. I saw God answer prayers. Praise God. That's awesome. Okay, cool. A few more hands there and everything. Um, This is just more about kind of a consistent daily walk with God. Um, But now I'm going to ask honest people, okay? (laughs) If you're like, I wasn't on on fire, I wasn't growing. If you were honest, you would say, ah, 2018, I was spiritually inconsistent. It, it was a lot of up and down. Okay. I, again, I appreciate your honesty, right? Like, like you can point back, you're like, man, there were some real mountaintop experiences, but there were also some valleys. It kind of was like up and down. Here's something crazy I kind of found over break. Um, according to research, um, the average churchgoer in America, people who say, like, I go to church regularly. Want to guess how many times they come to church a month? One. It's now one. Okay. In 2018, it was, they come one time and they're like, I'm killing it. Okay. Um, It's like 12 a year, right? Okay. Um, Maybe that was you. It's okay. Like, you know, I I was sort of kind of involved, I had good intentions, but I didn't really stick with it. Or maybe if you're really honest, you're like, I wasn't even inconsistent. Tim, I was apathetic. Uh, Not only was I not on fire, the fire kind of went out. I felt a little, maybe you felt a little lost spiritually, right? You didn't, and you're like, you know, I didn't really do anything even about it. Building my faith was not a top priority for me in 2018. Well, I want to encourage you today. Because wherever you were on the spectrum last year, our goal today and in January is to help jumpstart your faith in the new year. Really, the goal for our whole church is to help and teach and disciple you to put first things first so that your relationship with God, specifically your Savior, Jesus Christ, can burn hot year-round. And I realize like we all want that, right? Like there's nobody who wasn't, like, 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 I'd love to be spiritually passionate, man. I'd love to, you know, wake up and I'm walking in victory with Jesus today, you know, every day and everything. But how, how do you do that, right? Hey, look, there's a reason for this. You have an enemy, right? We talked about this in our spiritual warfare series. You have an enemy of your soul who is dead set to thwart you against making any progress in your spiritual life. And not only are Satan in the world dead set against you growing in your faith in 2019, we're just easily distracted people, aren't we? <laughs> At least I am, if I can be honest. What, Tim, what are you most distracted by in your daily life? Well, if you must know, it's the tyranny of the urgent. Everybody say the word urgent. See that word urge in it? Like, I have to do it. Ding, my, my phone just went off. Well, who is it? It's, it's urgent, okay? Every day, you and I experience thousands of things that are crying out for your urgent time and attention. The bings and dings on your phone, the incoming text, the infinite email. Uh, You go to work, there's phone calls, there's messages all saying, urgent, I need you to pay attention to this now. Even your home life has probably had a lot of urgent situations, right? Your kids need attention, especially if they're little, right? It's like, urgent, mommy, bills to pay Uh, You know, uh, the things that are passed through, there's these demands and deadlines at work that are like, urgent, school projects, urgent. Maybe you've got older parents who require your care and and there are no siblings around to help. And it's like, urgent. You and I live in an age that is ruled by the tyranny of the urgent. And And watch this. Here's the trap. If you spend your life focusing exclusively on reacting to what's urgent, you will never get around to what is truly Important. And let me tell you something. There's a big difference between what's urgent and what's important. In fact, let me contrast these two. Urgent is all about the short term. This is the I got to take care of this right now. It needs my immediate attention. The bill is due on Monday. Uh, The project, the paper, it's due at five o'clock. It's urgent. It's a short term thing. Whereas important focuses typically on long term goals and plans that are life-changing. For instance, I'll give you an example. Um, A lot of you made like some, you know, you know it's important this year. You're like, I got to start eating clean, you know, so I can improve my health. But watch. Well, that's important, but it ain't urgent, right? Like you can go out today and eat a cheeseburger and you're not going to have a heart attack, right? You have a coronary, now it's urgent, right? Okay. Uh, You know it's important because you want to live longer. Um, Getting out of debt. Well, you know what? That is an important goal in life. But it's not urgent. In fact, credit card companies are hoping you actually delay that goal, right? Why is it critical for you at the start of this year to make a sharp distinction in your life between what is urgent and important? Because let me tell you what the Bible says. Here's what the psalmist writes. He actually has a prayer. He says, Lord, remind me how, what's this word, church? Say it out loud. Brief. Brief. My time on earth will be. (laughs) Remind me, because I forget that what my days are numbered and how fleeting my life is. Now that's a sobering verse, isn't it? You know what it means? God actually said, I'm going to put part of the Bible to remind my people how brief, short their time is on this planet. The reality is you and I get 1,440 minutes every single day for you to invest at your discretion. Now watch, you, you can invest these, these minutes any way you want, but watch out because they go quick. It's fleeting. And if you are not careful about intentionally prioritizing what's important over what's urgent, you actually may wake up one day and be like, what happened? What, what happened to my life? Where'd my time go? I never got around to, you know, starting that business or, or, or writing that book or, or, or building my marriage or my relationship with my, my kids. I just reacted to what's urgent, but I didn't put first things First. And give time to what's important. Well, here's the hope. Today, I'm going to give you like one of the most practical tools that you could ever use right here at the start of 2019. That I think can help you spiritually prioritize what's important over what's urgent. Because our goal is that you spiritually flourish this year. Guys, God has given you a gift to start the year. He basically has said, here's a blank page. You got 50 plus weeks ahead of you for you to put first things first and your relationship with God and those you love. So I'm going to draw today, and I want to encourage you to draw along with me, okay? So take out a pen if you got one on your seat, or you could do this in your program or your notes, or however you guys want to do this. We put it in our, uh, our Liquid Church mobile app, but here's what I want to draw. Everybody draw a box, okay? A big box looks like this. Oh, all the, look at all the artists here, okay? You got it? All right. Now, dissect the box in half. Woo! You got two boxes. You want to see a magic trick? Watch, four. Wow! (laughs) You everyone got it? I got a four-quadrant box here, okay? Now, once you have this, here's what I want you to do. I want you to label the top left one urgent. We're going to use that word, urgent. And the one on the right, I want you to label not urgent. Got it? So stuff in here is not urgent. This is the urgent stuff. And then over here on this side, I want you to say this is the important stuff. So urgent and important goes in this box. And then this is the stuff that's actually not important. Okay? Now, if you've got this four square box, it should look like this. Again, I see some of you are like, man, I'm not drawn. Okay? That's fine. If you, you got to download the Liquid Church mobile app, I actually put a picture of this. It's we every week I put pictures and photos of stuff I'm trying to teach plus fill in the blank notes. So make sure you download on App Store or Google Play, okay, so you can follow along. Now, I put a picture of this, and here's the deal. It's not mine. This is not invented by me, I'm not that smart. This is called the Eisenhower Decision Matrix. Anybody ever hear this? It's actually, okay, about half a dozen, okay. It's named after Dwight D. Eisenhower, our 34th president, okay? Now, what you may know about Eisenhower is that he was the supreme commander in World War II, of the Allied forces. And so this is the guy who architected the whole war against Hitler and the Nazis. And every day, Eisenhower was flooded with thousands of decisions that he had to determine were they urgent or were they important. And Eisenhower actually said this quote. He said, what's urgent is rarely important. And what's important is rarely urgent. And this principle led him to create this matrix, which I think can help you put first things first, actually put the important over the urgent in 2019. Now let me show you how this works, okay? Here we go. First box here, we're going to get right back into the Bible. Just watch this, okay? Quadrant number one is where you put the stuff that is both important and urgent, meaning typically it's crises or problems that pop up and deadlines in your life. For instance, let's say right now your phone buzzes, you're in the middle of church, you're like, oh, for heaven's sake, and you look at it. And it's your, you know, your spouse or your roommate, and they're like, hey, just want you to know the toilet's overflowing. <laughs> that is both important and urgent information, yes? I wouldn't blame you if you go running out of here, okay? This is the stuff, like it's, like tomorrow you've got, a, you've got an international trip, and you just realize your passport's expired, that is important and urgent. Uh, you're at work. You get a call from the school nurse. Hey, your kid is down here in the nurse. And you're like, okay, that's important. I'll have to give her an aspirin. Uh, she's got it coming out of both ends. Okay, now, it's, <laughs> now we're in the urgent. I need to leave work and go get them, right? You get it? Okay, you guys get it. Now watch. This is important. This second quadrant is the stuff that's important but not urgent. And that means they're typically your long-term plans and goals in life. Again, this would be the stuff where you're like, man, I need to drop 20 pounds this year and just get my cardio back, I'm huffing and puffing up the stairs or whatever, you know? That's important, but watch, it ain't urgent. You don't do anything about it, nothing's really gonna necessarily happen. I mean, anyone who's married or you're dating, you're like, man, I wanna make my marriage stronger that's year, that, this is a goal, I wanna build up that relationship, but it's not urgent. If you don't actually take time to date your wife or whatever, like, it's like, like she's not going to divorce you that day, <laughs> you let that keep going. And make it might get urgent, right? You, gotta, you gotta get what I'm saying? This is the kind of stuff where you, if you have life goals, if you're like, man, Tim, I got this, I got a book in me. There's a, there's a book that I was born to write, and, but I just have my nine-to-five job, and it's always urgent. I got the kids. I'll never get it started, or I'm starting a blog, or, or I want to, I'm an entrepreneur. I want to launch out. It's not urgent, and that's why we don't typically get to it. Because the stuff that's in here that really fulfill your God-given purpose gets cheated by the things in quadrant three and four. Watch this. See if you can relate. The stuff in quadrant three is the stuff that's not important, but it's urgent. In other words, they're interruptions. <laughs> Bzzz, your phone you know, buzzes. Hey, can you quick text me back? Now, that's not on your radar. It's probably not important. Uh, it's when a boss uh, pops in your office. Hey, do you have 15 minutes to talk? Um, Probably not going to be important, (laughs) but it's urgent because it's your boss and you got to talk to her, okay? When you're at work, some meetings are actually urgent, but they're not important. In fact, if you look at the majority of your emails, they act like they're urgent, (laughs) but they're not really important. Now watch this. Where you and I get lost (laughs) is in quadrant four. The things that are neither urgent and they're also not important, which simply is to say, Instagram. I'm just going to write, I'm just going to write, they're distractions, okay? Uh, This is Netflix, people. What? Four hours, where'd it go? What just happened? I'm binge watching stuff. This is social media. This is video games. This is Fortnite. This is, this is, uh, you know what, I'm at work and I've got this deadline and I really know I've got to get this thing done, but maybe if I just do a little research on Google and you start mindlessly surfing the web... And next thing you know, you're watching kitty cat fail videos, you know, on YouTube. (laughs) And 45 minutes later, you're like, oh, it's time. Now I got to take work home. Well, work is just so... No, you just threw it away, man. This is the stuff we all do daily that actually contribute nothing to helping you grow or move forward towards your long-term plans and goals in life. They're a time suck. That's actually why we feel guilty after we do them, Right? Because like we know in our heart of hearts, they're not urgent and they're not important. But I just wasted four hours of my life. In fact, my phone now actually does this thing. On Friday, it sends me a little. It says, "This is what you averaged in your screen time this week." You guys have that? And I was so bummed out because like you know, I really was. Like I'm like, oh, that's terrible." It was uh, before Christmas. It was like you're averaging three hours and ten minutes of screen time a day, and I'm like, "That is too much." Well, you know what? This year's over. I have vacation. I'm not doing my email. All that kind of stuff. Bing, it comes up, and over a break it says, you're averaging four hours of time, because I'm looking at, oh, did the Yankees get Manny Machado? I'm like, news and sports and all that stuff. Four hours a day? Times seven days a week? How much is that, people? Do the math. 28 hours. That's a full day of my life gone, and I'm not getting it back. Remember our verse? What's God's word say? Lord, Remind me how what? Brief my time on earth is going to be. Remind me that my days are numbered how fleeting my time is. Now, why do I show this to you? This is not self-help, okay? this is not just time management. I actually think this chart is a very powerful spiritual biblical tool that can help you evaluate what's truly important in your life this year. Instead of just focusing on what's urgent. Because here's the, here's the secret. Watch this. If you want to fulfill God's purpose for your life, if you want to realize the dreams that he's planted in your heart, you have to be ruthless and spend the majority of your time in quadrant two. In fact, the people who are world changers, who start companies, who lead nations, who invent incredible products, the most important innovators and achievers in our world actually spend 80% of their time right here in quadrant two focusing like a laser on what's important over what's urgent. And this will pay off in small ways. Like let's say one of your goals is like strengthening your, your, you know, your marriage or your connection with your kids. Let's say it's dinner time on Tuesday night. <laughs> and bzzz, your phone rings, it's an email from work, it's about a sales conference next week, and guess what? Yeah, that's urgent, sort of, okay? But it's not important right now, and I'm not gonna actually respond to that email, why? because it can wait, my time with my family and strengthening it is priority. First things first. So this takes priority over that. Does that make sense? Nod your head. And you gotta be careful here because what is urgent often will distract you from what's important. Um, let's say you're 20-something and you graduated from college and, uh, and you got an interview, first job, right? Okay, Monday morning, okay? and. Uh, but you know what tonight is, it's Sunday night football. <laughs> and so you're like, I was having a few buddies over, we're gonna watch the big game, and you, and you watch football, but you know, the game's over within 15 minutes because you root for the Jets. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, and so you're like, dude, all right, well, let's just hang out, we'll play Fortnite. And you all start playing Fortnite, and you're like, man, we're making progress, we're going farther than we've ever gone, and it seems actually very important. <laughs> But you know, right, it's actually down here, Quadrant 4. But you stay up late anyway, gaming with your buddies, and then you oversleep and you actually miss your job interview, which was both urgent and important. And now you spend another two years in the basement with your parents. So here, listen, (laughs) here's the secret. The most productive people on earth spend 80% of their waking hours in Quadrant 2 disciplining themselves to focus intently on putting their plans and goals first, what's important over what's urgent. And I believe if you want to spiritually maximize God's purpose for your life, you have to be ruthless. You have to invest the majority of your minutes in 2019 in quadrant two and put first things first. Only then will you accomplish what God created you uniquely to do, and fulfill his eternal purpose for your life again it's not self-help i just want you to think of the example of jesus i mean jesus right he's our our lord he's our savior and jesus is the ultimate example of what a human life that was fully maximized for the purposes of god looks like right and if you read through the gospels i was doing this over break if you read through the Gospels. Jesus spent the majority of his time in quadrant two. He accomplished everything that was spiritually important while denying and ignoring the tyranny of the urgent. He actually only lived 33 years, right? In fact, Jesus only spent the last three years of his life ministering to others. And at the end of his life, he said, well, dad, that's it. It is finished. I'm done. I accomplished everything that you sent me on this planet to do. And what's impressive is because Jesus prioritized first things first. In three years, he was able to launch a worldwide, multicultural, intergenerational, multi-ethnic global movement that has exploded and grown for 2,000 years. Have you ever thought about that? It's like, Jesus, how did, how did he accomplish so much for God in such a short time? Well, he actually told his followers the secret in Matthew 6. He said, lean in. Don't focus on all the small, short-term stuff. You know, like what to eat, what to wear. Don't, don't focus on the urgent. Here's what Jesus said to his disciples. Let's read it together. He said, seek, stop there. Say it again. Seek priority language. He said, I'm gonna, I want to spell this out for you. Here's number one. Seek first, let's go, God's kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. That is an amazing promise. About what happens when we prioritize God's agenda first. When we put God's ways, God's will first. Jesus says, guess what? All that you, when you ignore the interruptions, all the distractions, all this other junk will take care of themselves. You want a memory verse to start this year? Take Matthew 6.33. Seek first. Am I seeking first today? God's kingdom and his righteousness, the eternal things. Because all that other stuff, he'll give to me as well. Translation? Jesus is like... Put first things first and watch me bless the rest. You see what God promised you? He didn't just say, I'm going to take care of the rest. He says, I'm going to bless the rest. Amen? So if you want to be spiritually productive, if you want to actually put God first in 2019, what's it look like? Well, I'm going to get down and dirty now. Nitty gritty, very practical. And with the remainder of our time, I've asked one of our campus pastors to come share three things, three firsts, or first things first that you would need to prioritize if you're really going to put God's kingdom first and spiritually flourish like never before in 2019. So all our campuses, would you join me in welcoming one of our campus pastors? Give him or her a hand. I'm going to invite Kyra Montañez here in Parsippany to come share. Kyra. Thanks
1: so much, Pastor Tim. What's up, everyone? My name is Kyra, and I am the campus pastor here in Morris County. And basically what that means is that I am responsible for shepherding you, loving and caring for you, but also helping you grow spiritually strong in 2019 and in your relationship with Jesus. And in 2019, what I want to encourage you to do is to give God, commit to giving God the first 15 minutes of your day. What I'm referring to is that when you wake up in the morning and you open up your eyes and you leave your bed, you would commit to hearing God's word, in other words, his voice for your life, and then commit to going down in prayer so that he can hear your voice. I'm talking about the morning devotional. The practice of giving God the first 15 minutes of every day. And of course, it can be less than 15 minutes. It can be more than 15 minutes. But typically speaking, 15 minutes is the recommended time for you to incorporate the discipline of having quiet time and alone time with the Lord. Now, some of you may be asking, well, why does it have to be early in the morning? And why the first 15 minutes? Well, I don't want to be legalistic about anything, but the Bible does seem to say that when you spend time early in the morning, it's your way of putting first things first. Let's look at what the, uh, the prayer in Psalm 63. This is what it says. Oh, God, you are my God. And everyone will say this phrase together. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. There is something about spending your first 15 minutes of the day when you first wake up that just makes your day a powerful spirit-filled experience. And so what you do when you choose your first 15 minutes to spend them with the Lord is that you are choosing instead of what's Urgent, instead of scrolling social media, answering your inbox, responding to text, you are choosing what's important. Spending time in God's word. In other words, before you exchange words with the world, you are hearing from God's word. And guys, spending time in prayer and seeking your heavenly father and listening to his voice is going to fundamentally shape how you go about your day in your decisions in your conversations in your meetings in your relationships in your marriage it is heaven's perspective shaping your daily schedule as you go about your day now if you're not a morning person you might be thinking well i can do that at some other time But here's my challenge for you in 2019, that you actually do it in the morning. And here's why. Spending time early in the morning was the model that Jesus himself modeled to us when he was walking the earth and in his ministry. Let's look at what Mark has to say about that. Very, again, early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. Left the house and went off to a solitary place and prayed. Early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and, first things first, spent time with his heavenly father and that's what gave him the filling of the spirit and the power that he used in his ministry it's the pattern that he modeled over and over and over again as he was walking this earth he prioritized the spiritually important over the urgent and guys I can tell you what a difference it makes when you actually spend time in the morning with the Lord I am what you will call a self-described night owl. At 10 p.m. at night, you don't want to be in my house because I go crazy cleaning the kitchen, doing laundry, doing all the. I get like a second wind. I've always been this way. And when I was younger, what would happen was I would rationalize and justify to myself that I could leave my devotions time tonight Because I was a night owl, and I wouldn't fall asleep, and I would do it. But the truth is, I would always choose something else that was competing for my attention, and instead would focus on that. Enter children. And when I had children and I became a mom, sadly, my night owl days kind of had to end because I had to wake up earlier. The earlier I woke up, the better it was for me and for them. And so because I was waking up early, I said to myself, well, I might as well do my devotionals. And here's the thing that I have discovered in the decade that I have been a mom already. Spending time with the Lord early in the morning has given me the consistency that I need to make meeting with the Lord a priority. And so what I do, my routine is I wake up at 6 a.m. every morning, my house is dark and quiet, my husband has already left for work, my children are still sleeping, and I go to my living room, and I sit in my sacred space. You can actually see there's a little dent in the sofa. (laughs) made by my way and I sit here and it's dark and sometimes when I do it a little later light will stream through this window and it's beautiful and I just feel so connected I find myself truly waking up in anticipation God what will you have for me today God, what will you remind me of? What truth do I need to listen to this morning as I head out for my day, as I'm making decisions, as I'm encountering people, as I'm praying over people, for my children, for my marriage? What would you have for me? I find myself giddy sometimes because I just know the Lord will always speak to me. And so it's become such a part of who I am and the way that I get ready that I've actually started doing it with my own daughter. And now as she and I wait for her bus, I pray with her and I read to her from a kid's devotional. And she loves it because it helps her also set her day and start it off just right. And so for 2019, I wanna challenge you, make a plan set your alarm, and do it. And if you don't know where to start, I want to recommend to you two resources. The first one is actually the one that I use. It's called, surprisingly enough, First 15. Look at that. <laughs> you read it. It's a mobile app. You can actually use your phone in the morning. Just don't use Instagram. Go to God's word. And download it. You can use your Android or your iPhone. And here's how it. this one looks. This is the one that I use. My husband listens to it. Via podcast, I read it because I'm in my house. And so I read the devotional. And then the author always has three questions that helps you kind of process what you've just read and what you're learning. And so I always go through them. And then I do the extended reading because I challenge myself to read one chapter of the Bible every day. Sounds long, but truthfully, it takes me less than 15 minutes sometimes. The second uh, tool that I'm going to recommend is the Bible in one year. That's the one that Pastor Tim and his wife use. And that's if you like to read things more chronologically, then I recommend that. Because you're reading from the Old Testament, the New Testament, and then the Psalms. And so that one, again, is, it's an app. You can download it on your phone, Android, iPhone. It's all good. Guys, a quiet time. A devotional time with Jesus is vital if you are going to put first things first and grow in your relationship with Jesus in 2019. And I understand there are all sorts of urgent things in the morning vying for your attention. I get it. Social media, emails, texts. But let me challenge you to give God the first 15 minutes of your day and then watch him bless the rest. So download one of these apps, set your alarm, make it a priority, and then make a plan. Because if you fail to plan, you what? You plan to fail. That's right. And so in 2019, my first challenge is that you give God the first 15 minutes of your day. My second challenge to you this morning is that you give God the first day of your week. That is Sunday the Christian Sabbath. You guys are part of a tradition that dates back to more than 2,000 years old because the early Christians met on the first day of every week. Look at what Acts 20 has to say. On the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. The first Christians needed each other and because they needed each other they met every day or the first day of every week they for them it was both spiritually important and urgent to spend time together hearing God's word praying together worshiping and also breaking bread as you see from the text which means the celebration of communion which we are doing next Sunday you don't want to miss it But the reason why they knew that they needed each other was because they lived in one of the most hostile cultures ever. Does that resonate with anyone here? Do you not understand also or even agree that we are living in one of the most hostile cultures ever? And yet, somehow, we have relegated attending a weekly worship service to either not urgent and neither important. You heard Pastor Tim say 48% of Christians only come to church once a month. And I want to challenge you to change that pattern in 2019. And I want to share with you guys a story of a family in our campus that we had that has made this their way of living. They prioritize attending service every week. And this is a consequence of that. They live in community with other believers. And when their family went through one of the most devastating losses that a parent can ever experience, and they lost their son, the people who came alongside of them that were with them in the hospital, as they said goodbye to their son, and when they came back for the first time on a Sunday morning was their life group, outside in that atrium, crying for them hugging them, and loving on them. And that doesn't happen by coincidence. It doesn't happen just because. It happens because they made attending weekly service a priority. They knew what the early Christians also knew, and that is that they needed each other. As in uh, that they needed to spend time with each other. And so I want to encourage you not to lose sight of that fact. Look at what Hebrews has to say about that. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. There is something about being here in God's presence that just fills your soul and strengthens it for what's to come. We have weekly services every day in Mor- every Sunday in Morris County at both 9 and 11. And I want you to come, parents. If I can remove my campus pastor hat for one minute and talk to you as a mom, parents commit to bringing your children to church just as you commit to making sure they don't miss school or as you just commit to making sure they don't miss their sports game, parents, When you don't come to church, your children lose far more than you. Can I get an amen, church? do you believe that? Make some noise if you believe that. I'm Puerto Rican. You got to give me those amens. Here's a question that is never asked in our home, that you will never hear my son or my daughter or even my husband asking. Do you want to come to church, mom? Should we? go to church just like we don't ask should you breathe this morning or do you feel like eating this afternoon just as you don't ask those questions so should you never ask should I go to church and listen I don't want to make you feel guilty or anything maybe a little (laughs) I know that we're all busy I know that things get scheduled I understand but if you want to grow spiritually in 2019 then you have to make coming to church a priority this is my heart as a pastor for you i want god's best for you for your family for your marriage for your relationships and attending weekly service is the priority is the way to go my family what i shared this this just now I didn't share it to make you feel bad that, or somehow that I'm better than you, the, the idea that we never ask, should we go to church? No, I say it because in our family, spending time in God's presence, thanking him for his goodness and fellowshipping with other believers is never a question. We always, always want to do that. And so in 2019, if you want to be, uh, have your best year spiritually, then give God the first day of your week. Yeah, let's clap for that. Amen. My final challenge for you will be to give God the first fast of your year. And to tell us a little bit more about that, I'm inviting back Pastor Tim.
0: Isn't it fun to hear from Pastor Kyra? Who enjoys that? More of that in 2019. Love it. Um, when we talk about the first fast of your year, if you're new, we did some kind of a social experiment last January. We did a 40-day fast. Who participated in that last year? You did that Daniel fast? Okay, some of you are still angry at me. about. Okay. I, I totally get that. Um, if you're new, what fasting is, it's like praying. It's a spiritual discipline. In other words, it's something you do to draw closer to God. And typically, fasting involves giving up something physical, typically food, in order to gain something spiritual, intimacy with Christ or God's breakthrough power in your life. And uh, let me tell you, fasting is a very powerful way to start the year uh, because it's not just a detox of your body, but it's a way to really supercharge your soul and and seek God's power in his presence in a new way. In fact, all throughout the Bible, again, this is not new. we're, we're, We're introducing you to some ancient disciplines. You'll find God's prophets periodically call God's people, the church, to a corporate fast, meaning something they do together as a way of putting first things first in their community. For example, the prophet Joel said this, he said, um, declare what a holy fast, call a sacred assembly, meaning get all the campuses together, Uh, summon the elders or leaders and all who live in the land to where? The house of the Lord your God, that's the church, and cry out to the Lord. So the prophet Joel was saying, I'm declaring a church-wide holy fast. We're going to have a season of fasting and prayer where we cry out to God. So fasting is this way of humbling yourself. You're saying, you know what? If I just attack this year in my own strength, in my own flesh, I'm going to do nothing of worth. But God, if your spirit is in me, I can accomplish eternal things. And so we are doing a Daniel fast. You guys remember this? The Daniel fast is based on the book of Daniel, and it's where for 21 days you give up breads, meats, sweets, alcohol, caffeine in order to draw close to God. And instead, you actually eat healthy. Imagine that. Uh, fruits, vegetables, you drink water. And today, we're announcing that we are going to kick off a 21-day fast at all six campuses. Again, it's, it's 21 days because at the end of 40, some of you are like, I'm angry at you and Jesus and the whole thing. <laughs> okay. So, ushers, would you come on down? I'm going to ask our ushers to hand out uh, for you to take with you when you leave here in a couple minutes. Because it's not starting today and it's not starting tomorrow. I want you to think about this for a whole week. This is going to begin on Monday, January 14th, all right? So we want to give you a little bit of time, but it is a three-week Daniel fast. And next Sunday, what I'm going to do is just take one and pass it down your row. Everybody can take one, pass it down. But uh, what we're going to do is next week, I'm going to talk about if you're feeling like dull, how do you sharpen your spiritual edge, really get that sense of connectedness and the Holy Spirit moving in your life. But we wanted to put this on your radar early so that during your first 15 this week, you can be thinking about this and praying about it. And I hope you'll participate, especially if you've never fasted before. Um, The Daniel fast is a very easy kind of entry-level fast. You can do anything for 21 days. And even if you did fast last year, guys, this is a way to make that an annual discipline, something you do every year where you prioritize the first fruits of the year, of your month, to say, you know what, God? This next 11 months are all for you. got your fast card? Flip it over. You can take it home. Look at all the details. Again, it describes the Daniel diet. I'll talk more about it next week. But here's a big deal, guys. There's flexibility. We're not legalistic. If for some health reasons, let's say, you can't mess with your diet, that's completely fine, okay? Um, You can modify this. In fact, I'm guessing some of you today may feel a little bit convicted. (laughs) And you may be like, you know where I need to fast? I need to fast Instagram and Facebook for 21 days. I need to fast from Netflix. Think of what we call it, binge watching. Mm -hmm. Why? Because what happens in fasting is when you empty your life of this worldly stuff, it creates room in your soul for the Holy Spirit to fill you in a fresh way. And so fasting at the start of a year To be filled by God's spirit and to experience his breakthrough power. Guys, you don't even know what's going to happen. Last year, we had so many breakthrough stories from our campuses.
1: That's right. And I want to share with you guys my own story of breakthrough. Six years ago, my family moved from Puerto Rico to New Jersey. And we had a home there that we were not able to sell before we moved. We were able to rent it. With the house rented, off we went to the United States. But over the period of six years, we, we knew that we really had to sell the house. And so that became my family's number one prayer. For six years, my husband and I prayed every day that God would help us sell that house. And when we heard that our church was going to go through a 40-day fast last uh, winter. We immediately committed to praying and fasting over the sale of our house. And what you have to understand is the real estate market in Puerto Rico has been stagnant for a really long time, especially after Hurricane Maria hit. And yet we made Matthew six thirty-three our promise to seek first God's kingdom, knowing and trusting that he was gonna add everything else in good measure. And that's exactly what happened last August. We were able to finally sell our home in Puerto Rico to God be the glory.
0: Give God a praise. That's awesome. Six years, prayer and fasting, six months. Guys, we want that kind of spiritual breakthrough for your family, your loved ones, so we're doing this 21-day fast, uh, seeking God, and I just wanted you this week to send you out with this so that when you get on your knees tomorrow in your sacred space and spend 15 minutes with God, say, God, what would you have me sacrifice for three weeks so I can focus on what's truly important, not just the urgent? And then next Sunday, I'm going to sharpen your sword a bit on this. We're going to kick off our fast on Monday. And I'm going to lead us actually in a time of communion or the Eucharist, Lord's Supper. It's something we typically do once a month. We're doing that next week. It's the last bread some of you are going to have, so you want to come. <laughs> Guys, it's 2019. We want this to be your most spiritually fruitful year of your life where you are closely connected to Christ. And really fulfill God's purpose for your life. So if you want to put first things first, we challenged you guys to do three things this year. We said, hey, tomorrow morning, Monday, set your alarm. First 15 minutes of your day.
1: The second thing, commit to giving him the first day of your week.
0: And the first fast of your year. 21 days of prayer and fasting as a church. Guys, we want to see God move mountains in 2019. Amen? Amen. He can do it, guys, whatever you're facing. So, So here's my closing thing. Remember... If you want to have the same year that you had last year, don't change a thing. Just keep doing what you're doing. Same old, same old. But if you want to experience a deeper connection to Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. a, a, a new hunger for his Holy Spirit, more of God's breakthrough power, what he can do in his strength that you can't accomplish in yours, then put first things first. Watch him transform your life. Amen? Kyra, would you pray for us here, please? Absolutely.
1: God, on the first Sunday of the year, we commit to giving you our first and our best, Lord. We long to spend time with you. And so we pray, Lord, for every person in this room that you would be speaking to them about what changes, what disciplines you want them to incorporate in 2019. Not out of duty or obligation, but out of adoration for you and for who you are in our lives, Lord. Thank you that we have before us an entire year Filled with opportunities to let you be the author of our lives. But we need to spend that time with you, Lord. And so we just commit to doing that together as a church. And I pray that everyone here would be blessed. And in your son's Jesus. name, God, we pray, Amen. Amen.
0: Amen.